0: Beyond Risk, a podcast series from the Canadian Institute of Actuaries. I'm Chris Fivoli, Staff Actuary, Communications and Public Affairs at the CIA. Our topic today is autonomous vehicles, more commonly referred to as driverless cars. This new technology has the potential to disrupt a number of industries, including the insurance business. To discuss the implications on auto insurance and what this could mean for actuaries, we are joined by Alex Liu, ACIA-FCAS, who is the Senior Actuarial Analyst, Commercial Lines Pricing, for Economical Insurance. Thanks very much for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Chris. So to start off, uh, let's talk about what exactly do we mean by autonomous vehicles? I refer to it as driverless cars. Is that a similar term or is there more to it? So my first impression of autonomous vehicle was from
1: this sci-fi movie called Minority Report, in which Tom Cruise would be transported in this car that drives itself. And I was, I was wondering when we'd ever get something like that in real life. But here I am talking about autonomous vehicles on a podcast because it can soon become a reality. So autonomous vehicle is actually a broad term that can be further broken down into five levels of autonomy or six if you count level zero. Um, going from level zero, which is no automation, to level five, which is full automation, The vehicle makes more and more driving decisions and that means less and less human intervention is needed.
0: Are you able to provide more details about those five levels of autonomy? Uh, For example, what features distinguish each level as you go up the scale?
1: So at level zero, there's really no fancy technology. Um, The driver performs all driving tasks and level zero would be more like an old Honda Civic from the 1990s. Then at level one, the vehicle starts to assist drivers using technology such as cruise control and lane guidance. But the driver is still in full control of all driving tasks, and in many of the more recent models we see these days have already adopted technology like this. Um, then we move on to level two. Level two is partial automation. This is when the vehicle can control both steering and acceleration, but the driver must still remain engaged and monitor monitored environment. So a good example would be the 2020 Tesla Model 3. And then we move on to level three. This level is called conditional automation. This is when the vehicle is now capable of operating itself. But it might encounter a scenario that it cannot navigate, so a driver is still necessary. And he or she must be vigilant and ready to take control of the vehicle when notified. Um, You might actually be surprised that the 2019 Audi A8L is already at this level. So level four and five are named high automation and full automation, and the main distinction is that at level four, the vehicle is capable of performing driving functions under certain conditions, whereas at level five, it can do so under all conditions. So companies like Waymo and Tesla have been testing prototypes that are at these levels, and they have logged billions of
0: miles. I remember the movie Minority Report came out about almost 20 years ago now, and it still seems pretty futuristic today. So I'm just wondering, is this something that we're going to see in the distant future, five to 10 years? Or is this something that's just around a corner, specifically the level four and level five cars that you were discussing? Yeah, so I guess it really
1: depends on which level of autonomy that we're looking at. If we're talking about levels one to three, then yeah, most of the vehicles that are manufactured today are already at this level. So going from level three to four and five is a huge technological leap. Level four and five vehicles are usually confined to testing areas only at the moment. I mean, no one can say for sure what's gonna happen, but I think there's still a very good chance that level five autonomy can be part of our lives within the next five to 10 years, especially in developed countries. But this can take on many forms. For example, there could be reserved lanes on highway for these autonomous vehicles or there could be a designated area within which autonomous vehicles operate. But outside of the zone, we've still got the regular cars.
0: So I'm just trying to imagine a scenario where you have a lot of vehicles on the road, or maybe all the vehicles on the road are autonomous, and they are connected electronically. It would seem to me that accident claims would be significantly lower in this type of environment. So what does that mean for the auto insurance business? Will this market eventually start to disappear? So when we talk about accidents, we really need to look at two sides of the story,
1: frequency and severity. Frequency, which loosely speaking, is the number of accidents may decrease because studies have shown that the great majority of accidents are caused by human error, which can be largely mitigated with autonomous vehicles. But on the other hand, severity, which is the average size of these claims, might actually ramp up because you, vehicles are likely going to have technology that's expensive to repair. So there are actually two opposing forces right here. And it's hard to say which or by how much one will outweigh the other. It is true that the liability will shift from individual drivers to car manufacturers as the vehicle takes on more driving decisions, which means the liability portion of the personal auto insurance may fade away. But at the same time, it presents a huge market opportunity on the product liability side, because manufacturers will be on the hook if your vehicle's got into an accident due to a technological failure. And at the same time, there would still be losses due to hailstorms, vandalism, and perhaps collision with an animal. So there would still be demand for those coverages. So the takeaway is that autonomous vehicles will most certainly reshape the insurance landscape. And the most important thing for insurance companies to do is to embrace this change and act quickly to adapt to the change.
0: I know right now that a number of insurance companies offer in-car devices that transmit data back to them, uh, capturing information on driving habits, how fast the driver is going, and that sort of thing. Uh, I understand that this has really heightened the need for more data analytics expertise within the industry. Uh, Do you think autonomous vehicles are going to add to that and uh, what do actuaries need to do to prepare for that? So there will almost surely be an increase in the amount of
1: data we receive and the complexity of such data in the future. Autonomous vehicles rely on something called environmental detection, with which they perceive their surroundings and make driving decisions accordingly. So if we have access to this data and if we make good use of it, then we can assess how these vehicles are responding to various scenarios and that will allow us to make better predictions about their frequency and severity. But because of the volume and complexity of such data, a simple one-way analysis in Excel will probably no longer work. Even generalized linear models that we use today to be rendered obsolete. Companies will perhaps resort to more advanced techniques, and it, it is incumbent on the actuaries and the data scientists to stay abreast of these techniques to get the most out of the data and to be creative in their analysis.
0: Now you touched on this a bit earlier in one of your other responses, but I was thinking about the potential for liability exposure for the developers of the software that controls the vehicles. Uh, You also may have incidents where cars are hacked into. um, So I'm just wondering, do you foresee an increase in the need for cyber risk insurance going forward because of this?
1: Yes, I do believe that there will be a surge in demand for cyber insurance. Because these autonomous vehicles are just susceptible to hacking. Um, Safety is definitely a top concern and when vehicles are relying on vehicle to infrastructure communications to operate themselves, there is a possibility that someone could hack into the system and take control of your vehicle. There could also be a risk of privacy breach. Your autonomous vehicle could be tracking your location It might collect and maintain identifying information about you for authentication and customization purposes. So all of these put developers and car manufacturers at risk. And cyber insurance is a great way for them to limit their exposure to these risks.
0: So let's talk specifically about Canadian P&C companies right now. Uh, How are they reacting to this? How are they preparing for this new paradigm? Unfortunately, Canada is not a
1: leading player in the autonomous vehicle market right now. One of the reasons is that vehicle manufacturers prefer to do their testing at a place where they don't get 20 centimeters of snow in winter and where winter isn't six months long. Though that's not to say that Canada is not doing anything. In fact, provinces like Quebec, Ontario, Manitoba, and a few others have created legislation or policies surrounding autonomous vehicle testing on public roads. Some insurance companies have even partnered with universities to conduct research, and some of them have even invested in autonomous vehicle startups in hopes of gaining access to their data. So insurance companies might not be experts on this topic, but if they form partnerships with the right players, they can prepare themselves for this new
0: paradigm. Are there any new actuarial techniques or practices that need to be developed to effectively price coverages in this new market?
1: So as the vehicle makes more and more driving decisions for us, insurance coverages will shift from being driver-centric to being more vehicle-centric. So a lot of the rating variables that we have now, such as driver age and gender, will probably become less relevant and will gradually fade out. But instead, the make and the model of the vehicle might have more predictive power. But we can't simply rely on today's vehicle rate group tables vehicles will constantly evolve, and we need to keep our data and analysis up to date with these changes. So credibility will be a top concern because when these vehicles first hit the road, we won't have enough data to accurately predict their loss potentials. So a lot of that comes down to our judgment. A Bayesian approach can be a great way to embed our judgment into our analysis. Random forest is one of the more modern techniques that may come in handy, because it solves both classification and regression problems. So the takeaway is that learning goes way beyond just passing your actuarial exams. I know exams are being frequently updated to include these new topics, but even after we receive our designation, it is important that we keep an open mind and get ready to continuously absorb new knowledge.
0: Well, certainly sounds like there's a lot more to come on this topic. So thanks very much for taking the time to speak with us today. Thanks for having me. We now have over three dozen episodes in our series. So please subscribe through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, we'd like to hear from you. So please send your comments, suggestions, or episode ideas to podcasts at CIA-ICA.ca. Until next time, I'm Chris Fiboli, and thank you for tuning in to Seeing Beyond Risk.